0: So we actually talked about this and decided that we're gonna have like a little bit of a new um, segment in the podcast. Wait, I did not introduce. That no, we actually you started didn't say it. hi.
1: Nothing. Just like Hello. was busy on her phone. <laughs> typical. <laughs> what do you
0: mean typical? <laughs> There's 20 episodes to show the opposite. Don't even start with it.
1: Because <laughs> I know the real you. They don't.
0: <laughs> this is rude. Um, yeah. Well, in any case,
2: welcome back. This
0: is. Yeah, welcome back. Um, <laughs> we're we're here with Alyssa today, and we're gonna be talking Hi. about surrealism. But uh, the first thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna introduce a new segment. Okay, so the the new segment is kind of like rapid fire questions for the guest because we want to make it,
2: um, I don't know, a little bit. Well, more I also want
1: to get to know Alyssa cause I do not know you. Yes. Okay. I was not prepared for rapid fire. So it's, it's really fun questions and I... like, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. yeah. But we'll they're do. really easy.
0: They're really easy.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: um, so do we, should we start with like the ones that are like this or that, or should we, yeah, let's do this or that sure. and then move on to the
1: okay. more like, it'll infrared. be a little warm up.
2: Yeah, this, okay, is, so, this is good because it's like rapid fire releases the subconscious. Yeah, and then we get to the Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. this is yeah. automatism. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: okay, so um, a few questions that are kind of like choose one, right? Out of two. Okay. So introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Gold or silver? Gold. Okay. Minimalist <laughs> or hoarder? Mm,
2: minimalist.
0: <laughs> TV shows or movies?
2: Movies. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Traditional or digital art? Traditional. Okay. So
0: also about the, about the hoarder and minimalist thing, when I saw that um, question, I was like, technically, I think I don't like having a lot of things, but I don't like um, the minimalist aesthetic. Yeah.
1: I don't yeah know I, like,
0: it looks ugly as hell it's like it's like dull well, everything is
1: white minimalism can be what you want it to be really instead of like what they're showing you where you only have the essential that's, like for me it's more yeah. like not having things i don't use
2: that's exactly mm. why i chose minimalist at the mm. end mm. but i do like variety and i do like options at the same mm-hmm. time so mm-hmm. the minimalist aesthetic is not exactly but that's why i chose it at the end too because it's 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 a uh, mentality. It's exactly. so No, I think that I would yeah.
0: probably like it more if it wasn't um so prevalent nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no like interesting uh interior design um in like regular homes nowadays because they're all like,
2: you know, square and mm-hmm. I don't know. White walls and windows, yeah. large windows. Yeah,
0: it's just not nice. Um anyway. So, um The next question is a little bit more in depth, which is,
2: what is your dream project? Dream project? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, Well, I'm currently working in the design field and uh, I'm also a visual artist. So I have been thinking a lot recently about um, how to balance both worlds of art and design. Uh, Recently, I've been thinking a lot about I enjoy teaching mm-hmm. and one day in my life I would love to uh just have an art studio. Just like a, a private business where um I'm teaching art to kids, young kids and, and up to kinda teens that age. Mm-hmm. So let's say far in the future that would be the dream project. That's
0: really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also I just realized that we did not play the jingle for this section.
1: Oh my gosh, we like <laughs> made it yesterday. <laughs> I'm so excited about it.
0: <laughs> I literally made it like at night because we just came up with this thing. What is going on? I swear to God, I can't like find a spot for myself. It's like the sun is just right in my eyeball. Anyway, play the, play the.
1: <laughs> we'll just Let's let Lisa it. struggle for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you supp- What are you supp- What are you supposed to be exactly? Duh. Supposed to be exactly. <laughs> yeah tuh, I'm a goth supermodel from the future. I'm a goth supermodel. Goth, goth, goth go, go, from the future. There you go.
0: A nice supermodel from, from the future.
1: The future. <laughs> Sounds about right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's a nice project to, you know. Yeah, I think that's from. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. hmm Um. So okay, what posters did you have up in your room as a kid, if you had any, or as a teen? I don't think I had, had any posters,
2: but that's not a good enough answer. I don't. I don't <laughs> think I had enough. I don't think I had any posters growing up. Um, and I mean, we we lived in a very religious environment, so pop culture was not a common theme in my childhood. <laughs> but what I can say is we had some little like art pieces up on the wall and i remember a couple postcards that were would be in the living room or the kitchen and one that always stuck with me was an image by the artist August Macke, and it's called the Turkish cafe it has it has a nice a nice mix of blue and orange and yellow just kind of every color in it and um that that painting always uh always reminded me of like the picture on the wall, and it was just this big, it was a little postcard. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna ask about the, um,
0: uh, the religious, um, like, pop culture relationship. Did you have the same yeah. thing of, like, Harry Potter being, like, the worst thing imaginable? Like, everyone was, like, oh, nah. like, don't you dare read Harry Potter, and
2: yeah, yeah, And I was, I mean, like, a it's... fan of it. Well, of course, right, because it's an amazing, like, <laughs> yeah. Undeniably, a good story mm-hmm. um for kids but uh yeah i mean in my surroundings most most of what was said and it depends who you talk to as well it depends mm-hmm. who you talk to even within our family my dad and my mom had different opinions on this but um within the church environment i remember summer camps where that would come up and a lot of the time it was it was like <gasps> magic powers oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really great.
0: <laughs> See, like sometimes I think about it, and I think there's like no way that people were so mad about this like imaginary concept of magic in the past that they like yeah. burn people. And now I think like but there's no honestly, yeah.
2: Considering yeah. that even
0: nowadays, religious people have this like yeah. attitude. It's like okay, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. I can believe but that it's people. Such a, be.
2: It's such a different mentality that it's hard to wrap your hand head around.
0: Oh, yeah, no, friend. it's weird. I remember, oh, I remember I had like this whole fight with one of my like my literature teacher because I went to a religious school right and at home honestly it was quite secular like mm-hmm. my parents were never even in church like ever <laughs> I don't know why I went to a religious school to be honest I was like not supposed to be there to... <laughs> but um it's weird because like yeah at home like everyone read Harry Potter and it was like one of our like favorite things to watch as a family and whatever but then at school whenever i would bring it up it was like whole thing like they would just lose their shit and it's like it's yeah. like a weird thing to lose your shit over
2: <laughs> it really is um another question is last film you watched the last oh napoleon dynamite last night with my brother and his girlfriend we watched oh. <laughs> how was napoleon it dynamite while eating dinner it's a crazy movie. I've mm-hmm. never seen it in full from start to finish. And uh yeah, it's just have have both of you seen it? No, okay. I've heard
1: about it, but I want to I want to okay. watch it. Yeah.
2: I mean, watch it. I can understand how it's the typical movie to watch while you're high cuz it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. But funny, funny and goofy, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> There's a really good question. dance sequence in it. Oh, oh. okay.
1: That's <laughs> yeah.
2: up yeah. upper alley. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay, so the last question, which we're going to be asking everyone since it's, like, my shtick that I started the podcast with, which is, like, um, nostalgic childhood TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, mixing it with art and everything and camp.
2: <laughs> so,
0: okay. um... The question is your favorite childhood TV show.
2: Um there's one that was I'm going to forget the name but it was with these magical dragons. Um Dragon Tales? Dragon, Let's Tales. Say Dragon yeah. Tales. Yeah, it's Dragon Tales. Wait, let me see.
1: I want to see what it looks like maybe I know. Yeah, you have oh. to look at
2: it. They're just oh, that like one, very don't. cute and colorful dragons. Yeah, that was a good show. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, had, I know that one. They had like talking flowers in it and things like that. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I watched it in French, so I can't even remember the name of it in French, no but that was so fun.
2: <gasps> I think they have it in Spanish too.
1: Whoa, this is taking me back like crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot.
2: <laughs> this is good
0: for our topic
1: of all tea
0: flowers very so yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so let's start our discussion about art play the jingle
1: art mm-hmm. let's go yeah, she's a full-on Monet
0: it's like a
2: painting see So far away it's okay but up close to- a big old mess. It's a big old
0: mess. <laughs> um, so surrealism. There's a lot to talk about with this specific thing. I think that one of the things yeah. that people um, usually <laughs> confuse surrealism with and stuff like that is um, the difference between when you talk about surrealism as a um, like 19th century, oh, oh, sorry, 20th century, um, wow movement in modern art and uh, comparing it, you know, to like a bunch of random paintings and random works that are kind of psychedelic in nature that people call surrealist nowadays, which is like, it's not like it would be inaccurate in terms of like comparing the two, because it is, you know, similar, but it's just not technically a surrealist work if you weren't making it at the time, you know, with the surrealists. And other things like that, and especially if you don't use their um, techniques, right? But um, there's a lot of weird shit that they've done.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, I told you guys to look at like different types of uh, surrealist art and like whichever speaks to you and whichever you want to chat about. Yeah. Um, so let's start with those like the things that interest
2: you interested you the most um surrealism is so fun to talk about i think especially today because in recent years i feel like the history of surrealism has re- had a resurgence especially pointing towards surrealism internationally not just european um and especially female artists mm-hmm. and so today and there's a lot more information about um about female surrealist artists, which is is really interesting. And um, the movement started in the 1920s. And you can hear about Andre Breton, the poet who talks about it, and no, no, no. So it's it's this group of men who start the movement, and then you start to see it spread throughout the 30s. And that's when it spreads internationally and goes to different places like Mexico, or just um, where you're going to find Frida Kahlo, of course. Yeah,
1: even though she was like, no, I don't consider myself as like, being a surrealist even though she really liked it and when you see her yeah. work for me it would be mm-hmm. but yeah
0: i understand why oh. she doesn't want to be in the same
2: group with them for sure i would also be and like no nothing know. to do
1: with these guys i know <laughs>
2: had such a but she had so much more of a complex i mean to me version of surrealism compared to oh, because yeah. she was exploring identity like the you know the mexican identity at that time which was a huge question through the lens of uh being a woman as well so oh, it's sure. like much more complex than just the man kind of representing their own subconscious which ended up being a lot of just sexualizing sex. women mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so,
1: yeah. so, violence and sex
2: is just was that's what it was yeah.
1: honestly so yeah.
0: embarrassing can you imagine being like, uh, let's talk about my deepest, darkest thoughts. <laughs> and all of them were just, like, violence against women and sex, sexual violence Honestly, against women. It's like, like, okay.
2: Isn't it so interesting that this comes up in my paintings? Like, is it? It kind of scares me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. That's the, That's exactly what I was talking about in, like, um, the episode on um, super flat art. How, oh, like, God. how incredibly violent it is towards young women. It's insane. Yeah. And, like all the people who are like always talking about like, oh, it's just like so crazy how it just happens. Like when I tap into my core and it's like, okay, your core is rotten, just saying. (laughs) Like (laughs) (laughs) this is not a universal
2: experience or at least it shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay, so there are two artists um, that I'm drawn to in Surrealism and they're Leonora Carrington and Remedios Varro, who I'm pretty sure were friends uh throughout the movement at some point too because um leonora carrington is i've only seen her like a couple of her
0: works i haven't um heard of her like life story and such
2: okay so she just in short she is british um born of a wealthy family very traditional so as a woman she becomes a debutante they want her to like you know all she's meant to do is find a suitable man and you know, maintain tradition within, within the family. And, and she, even as a young girl, never fit in. In school, she, was, she wasn't good at schoolwork. They said that she was never good at collaborating. So essentially, she wasn't obedient. She wasn't you know, the nice kind girl that, that we were expected to be at that time. At one point in her life, she breaks away from her family and moves to Paris. And that's where, and this is in the 1920s, that's where the Surrealist movement is really happening Mm -hmm. and really exciting for people. She meets this man, Max Ernst, who's like a 40-year-old whoever, and they get together. And so she's loving it here because she can, you know, really break free from the traditional life that was, you know, very captive for her before. Um, And... I'm trying to remember, but I, I'm pretty sure at this point basically the war breaks out. Max Ernst is is like taken to a concentration camp, something like this, in Germany. And so she's left alone and she ends up having um, a mental breakdown. She has several mental breakdowns just because so much is happening around her at this time. So she gets taken to a hospital. Terrible things happen to her in that hospital. Um, she's, she's just like drugged a lot, there's sexual abuse. Wait, why was she. Um, like, what she kind was of. A- yeah. She was originally taken to the hospital because she had a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. So she was taken to a mental institution. Um, but within that hospital, like, just so much shit happens to her that causes so much more pain, obviously. And mm-hmm. so eventually she leaves the hospital. And, and again, I'm not sure exactly why, but she ends up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's because she couldn't go back home. She didn't want to stay where she was. But somehow she ends up in Mexico and she becomes an artist. And she becomes one of the most famous artists in Mexico at that time, which is so random. Yeah. for a British woman. But there's an interview with her cousin at one point, some random cousin of hers who's talking to people and... And uh, she ends up at, the cousin ends up at dinner with the Mexican woman beside her. And so she says, oh, I think I have a cousin over there, Leonora Carrington, would you know her? And the Mexican woman beside her is like, that's the most famous artist in in Mexico right now. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean?
1: Do do you (laughs) know
2: And I, this time I'm pretty sure she, here, let me double check, but she meets Remedios Varo at this time too who's also an incredible, incredible surrealist artist. And they become friends. And and I mean, being a woman at this time, the war is going on and just everything in general, they're going through a lot. And the exploration of their subconscious at this time, I think is especially interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Remedios Vero, at one point, she identifies as a witch. Uh, I've read that in several places, so I think it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also that aspect of, of, I think, just female friendships and, and you know, that magical side that they can come out, and, uh, and I love to see that side. So both of their paintings, I find, are actually quite similar. There's a lot of realism in them um, within, you know, but then these just fantastical creatures and kind of like witchy vibes to it and, um, and obviously strange things because it is the surrealist. Um, So those two artists I find really interesting. Remedios Varro is an incredible artist as well because she... A couple of things that I can remember off the top of my head. Her father was an architect or engineer something. So she grew up doing engineer drawings. So if you look at her paintings, they're incredibly detailed. And there's a lot of architectural elements in it. And her perspective is amazing. So the amount of talent that she has um, mixed in, combined with like the, the complexity of the themes that she explores, I just always found really mesmerizing.
0: Yeah, I think that it's always interesting to look into surrealists that were not um, the first few guys that kind of got into it in Paris, because I think that whenever people think of surrealism, they think of um, God, what's his name?
1: Dali?
0: Dali, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That's the person everybody thinks about, and I feel like most of the time people don't um, know anybody else, even Breton and stuff like that, Like they just know Dali, right? <laughs> and I think it's interesting that he was the one who kind of got that much attention from the public, and especially because he popularized this idea that surrealism is mostly paintings which in reality was not it was very much Mm -hmm. very like there was a lot of photography involved in it Mm -hmm. and a lot of um um, specifically actually pushed photography a lot further than it was before because uh before surrealists i think that photography was just kind of all representational because it was like the new thing that could represent reality Hence, you know, why the painting needed to change because we didn't need paintings to represent reality anymore. Um, but they were the first ones who manipulated uh, images either in post or like just cutting up and like creating new images. Um, or, you know, they, they kind of led into data afterwards. But I think that a lot of them pushed photography further with the use of mirrors and other things like that, creating images that are real but they look kind of crazy you know because of how they were manipulated or how the picture was taken and I think that it's also sculpture was also involved in it you know and it's interesting that we don't actually hear or see a lot of sculpture um, when it comes to
2: surrealism in general. That's a good point point. and I think I like that you're mentioning that there's so many different types of art within it because mm-hmm. for me. I look I look mostly at the paintings when I think of Surrealism too, but at the end of the day there were so many there's so many different types of art that have stemmed from Surrealism, like the photo collage, like you said, like the found object in sculpture, um, and other methods, just because people are messing around and doing the weirdest things and then other people catch on and they're like, Oh, this can this can actually be a style or a theme or, you know, a method that we use again and again. Yeah, like grossness and um,
0: <laughs> um, Uncanny Valley became very popular at the time. Um, there's this artist who she created a, a wait,
1: actually, wait the yeah.
0: furry. Cuffs. I typically remember the essence of oh, yeah, yeah. F-
1: Like with the fur, The
0: furry cup. Yeah. yeah. I just sometimes I just only remember, oh, you yeah. know.
1: It's so, yeah, I really love that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. from uh, Merritt Oppenheim.
1: I think she like she had a discussion with an artist, and he was. I don't remember what he else. said to her about yeah. like making this cup, and she like literally took it and then created the, the it cup. It was
2: that they were talking about something, and and, and something Picasso and her
0: and yes. Dora yeah, P- and Dora was dating Picasso now. at the time.
2: He like fucked her up
0: yeah. really bad, uh-huh. um, and they were like talking about basically just about the fact that. Fur can be put on anything, Mm -hmm. and some objects um, that it would cause different sensations if you put it on different objects. Like, if you put fur on on top of a spoon, it would make you feel uncomfortable because you associate spoons with mouth, right? So, like, things kind of things like that about your automatic associations, I guess. Um, And it was one of those, like, really popular works that kind of brought up in every single art history class. Mm-hmm. Whenever you talk about surrealism there's always this um, furry cup that comes up right um, That's true. Yeah.
1: And also like when you think about it it was based on literature because it was brought up by André Breton and mm-hmm. a fun story that I read is like so he got inspired by Freud um, Freud I don't know how to pronounce it um work and then he tried to like get his attention and just kept on failing which ended up on like him showing up at Freud's door and being completely ignored and just like writing an an article about it calling him like a an old i don't remember what he said yeah he was like idealizing old man without elegance Yes.
2: yes oh my god yeah and Freud himself admitted he was like, "Well, I'm not an artist, so maybe I'm just totally out of it here, out of my depth here." Yeah, which was here.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I was just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. because they like they really um, idealized him so yeah. much in the beginning of like surrealism. The entirety of surrealism was literally based on mm-hmm. um, Freud's ideas.
1: Yeah. And Freud and, is like yeah. very like conservative. About art yeah. and everything.
0: Yeah. yeah, so it's really funny because they like hated each other. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though they were like
2: kind of had like a symbiotic relationship. Representation, yeah, yeah, of his theories. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. his theories put into application
1: mm-hmm. in the
2: art world. So, to talk more about this artist that you brought up, um, Remedios Varo remedios varro i'm in love with her work and there's a lot there are a lot of themes of i guess you could say alchemy kind of the shift in matter you know walls turn into humans um there's kind of this you can see kind of astrology alchemy these explorations of of magic um within just a lot of like magical things within her paintings. I'm trying to think of one specific one that I can bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many
1: though, they're all like incredible. So
2: a lot of like, there will, be a, there will be a figure sitting in a chair, but the chair becomes them and, and they're morphing into the chair or the wall. Mm-hmm. You can see a figure coming out of the wall, right? Like that's why I say alchemy is that matter is shifting, right? So she seemed very open to um, exploring that and I find that theme very interesting just in terms of um, you can think of our emotional world or psychic world um, alchemically as well just in terms of you know we also have the power to shift our emotions or um, our perspective Uh, and you know that would be the mental version of shifting shifting from one state to another
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And having that evolution. Yeah, I want to look more see-
1: into her work cuz I I did not know about her and wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, right? Mm-hmm. They're so Yeah, they're so detailed too.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah.
2: Also yeah. um she was kind of
0: interested in a lot of like Carl Jung, Young I don't know how to mm. pronounce it, but um and especially like also there's other um psychologists and people who kind of Um, try to adjust or disprove some of the ideas that um, um, Freud brought up because the thing is a lot of the time people think that Freud was kind of a catalyst not a catalyst I guess but um, someone who has created so much um, movement forward in psychology when um, in reality most like psychologists would say that or psychiatrists would say that he was kind of the catalyst for people to try and disprove whatever the hell he actually came up with so that's why there was a lot of like development around that time is because he kept on saying outlandish shit and implementing it on actual people and a lot of people had to kind of you know push back um through a lot of research. So a lot of research that actually came from that time is because of him, but not because he was so revolutionary in a good way. As much as like he just said so much shit that people were like, oh okay, whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> let's let's take a moment right now because <laughs> this is insane. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the one of the um, people she was interested in was um, Uspensky, which is this um, this is this Russian. Um, esotericists, that's what they call them you know Um, but basically he was very interested in fourth dimensions, so I think that she probably was really interested in all of these ideas of different dimensions and stuff like that because they were just kind of coming in I guess and people were just um, getting into these ideas in general in terms of art, and when you look Mm -hmm. at her work, like I just looked at some of her stuff, she definitely looks like um, more modern boss, like Hieronymus her- boss. Um, just her works definitely have that kind of slight creepiness to them because mm-hmm. of the difference in texture, I feel like. Like with, mm-hmm. with boss, it was more about like him coming up with uh, monsters, but the textures were quite normal, I guess. you would You would expect those textures, but with her, like one of the images that comes up immediately um, it's really interesting because the image itself shows something that looks kind of like an umbrella or maybe a um, an eggshell or something like that. But it's furry, like something about mm. furry things. They just really love those furry things, didn't they? Huh. Um, but it does make you feel a little bit uneasy because you expect it to be a smooth surface, right? So I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why their works read as such like surrealist kind of work is because it causes you to feel a little bit of that uneasiness from like um, the this uncanny valley that everything falls into where you know kind of what object they were going for, but because the texture is different,
2: it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There is um, So there's one... Image
1: mm-hmm.
2: that always comes up in Leonora Carrington's work, but also I think I've seen it in Remedios Varo's. What I can, okay, I guess what I can do is describe the image sure. to you too, but I see a theme that comes up, and there's one picture, if you Google Remedi- Remedios Varro, there's a photograph of her with kind of this shell like structure around her face, and it's like this paper mache triangular um i don't know like head you know sculpture around her head oh i see it because there are faces on the side and then an opening for her face to show and this same form i see up here in a lot of paintings and it looks and i'm just i don't know what it is but I see that same kind of triangular head form in a lot of the figures, not a lot, but in some figures and it appears again and again. And that's one of my curiosities. One day I hope to understand, Mm -hmm. but I just don't really know what the the idea is. Changing faces, like Mm -hmm. having different dimensions of your own face or, yeah. I'm gonna try to find a painting where we see the same form. Mm
1: That's so cool. It's so strange. They're so odd. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no explanation. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You got to go with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, they used so many um, egg shape things. Yeah. Like starting with Boss and this this um, two artists who were inspired by him, all of them mm. use this weird um, kind of like a eggshell shape or texture um,
1: yeah.
0: it's not it's not always this si- like not always the shape of the egg but it has like this um, quality to it
2: so where wherever there's like a hole it feels like it was a shell like the thinness of it all it's so odd these different shapes that come up and it's funny because that's i guess that's the whole point of surrealism too like do you see what i mean actually you know what this mask that she's wearing um leonora made it okay so this is the thing remedio svaro is wearing it but leonora is the one who paints it oh very often Um. yeah you're right so, but anyways, just like such a weird strange form. And it's it's funny because if you listen to interviews of Leonard Carrington, I don't know if she's still alive today, but she lived very long. So, mm-hmm. which is nice cuz you, you know, we get to know her more that way. Yeah. And when she speaks to art historians when she's interviewed about her art, you can see that she gets frustrated cuz people are trying to rationalize her work or in intellectual like you know speak about it in an intellectual way mm-hmm. she's always just like it's visual it's just what i put on the canvas like i don't need to put me
1: into it, <laughs> it is what it is
2: and i love that because it's it's like yeah that's the whole point of surrealism mm. i, I know guess know gonna to
0: come up to a but... point uh, because the thing is i think it kind of crosses into more abstract art when it's Discuss this way because the thing is with surrealism. It does have a difference between there is a difference between surrealism and abstract art I think that oftentimes people use them interchangeably and that Mm -hmm. wouldn't be really correct because abstract art art is Abstract if it's something weird something psychedelic or something like that. It's not Necessarily abstract or I I would say I would argue that it isn't abstract at all Um, abstract work would be more um, of like um, Malevich, or um, actually, he's more like you know, suprematism, whatever. Like he, he came up with his own thing. But Kandinsky had more of a like pure abstract kind of art where he focused on lines, figures, and color um, that wouldn't suggest a form to, to compare That's to exactly something it. else. You know, like, like surrealism sometimes yeah. suggests a body or suggests a thing. Um, which yeah. is very different from abstract art,
2: yeah. Yeah, totally, that's the thing is, surrealism rep- re- surrealism um, does represent form, just like you said, just forms that we're not used to seeing in the real world. So then it opens you up to this realm, and I think, kind of coming back to that idea of Leonora, you know, getting frustrated in, in interviews of if we're trying to rationalize her work, but. To to me at least, surrealism art is more about feeling the artwork than understanding it on a mental, you know, on a mental basis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I think that a lot of the time, um, the subversion of textures is what they kind of focus on. Maybe unconsciously, oh, yeah, I don't know true. if it was conscious. But oftentimes, I think when I look at a um, surrealist painting, oftentimes, if it's very detailed, it, it becomes really strange looking at it because I keep on seeing textures that I don't expect or textures that make Mm -hmm. me uncomfortable like it's always Mm -hmm. something furry where it's not supposed to be furry or something really eerily smooth where it's not supposed to be Um, Mm
2: -hmm. and it evokes it evokes a feeling from you immediately it's It's the same
0: it's the same feeling as looking at an AI influencer or not AI influencers, but like, you oh. know, the avatar influencers, where they're just like, they're almost human, but something about their texture makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of like the
0: uncanny valley, you know, it's almost there, but because it's just like, doesn't quite make it, you kind of fall into this valley of like, ew, something's wrong about this image, and I don't it's know like what it is, but it makes me feel gross. Or
1: pictures and stuff, yeah. You're just, you just know it's not real
0: yeah like uh, just, just something slightly you. that's why yeah. like do, do you know this like mm-hmm. um, christmas express or whatever that that sh- that movie i don't remember what it's actually named something yeah. express uh, that's the thing they yeah. went for too much of a realistic texture for 3d generated images. That movie's so creepy. It's so creepy. <laughs> the it's the genuinely... red dog,
1: whatever. The red
0: dog, the, the one that's round. like, so they did, Oh. you know, they did the red dog, the, the, whatever his name is, I don't yeah. remember, but the, the one that's like really big, you know, like that story about a big red dog. They tried the to make it. Huh? Clifford? Yes. yes. Okay. So they tried to make a live action of him. And of course it looks terrifying no. because it's a dog that's bloody red. Yeah. <laughs> It I looks think, yeah, terrifying. Like everything Richard. they're trying
1: to make, like nowadays, like the last version of Cat. Um, like there's so many new movies. Like even all the that Disney movies. Like this is what it just creates. Like a It's weird... it's pure
0: surrealism. You know what? If they would if they would lean into it, it would be art. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wouldn't be like ew. Okay, you missed the mark. You know, because it's like yeah. you went for it on purpose. You basically made a spoon that's furry. You know, like it's. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's not for everybody, but it's for someone. For someone who's a freak like, who likes that kind I mean, of yeah. shit, you know?
1: <laughs> don't pretend this is not what you're going for.
0: Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> like, I feel like with a lot of people um, nowadays, I think that they don't understand that, like, um, maybe our technology will get to that point where mm-hmm. it doesn't feel strange. But right now, all of those, like, models, influencers, whatever that they create with this, like, visual art um like digital art they always creep me out a little bit like sometimes you see a picture and it's like it's just it's almost there yeah. but something about it is so fucked up <laughs> Like i think
1: that's why like you know the when they first started having 3d effects and stuff in movies like they weren't yeah. pretending and just you know make you think that it's reality or whatever like but they were taking it as like okay this is we're trying there Instead of nowadays, they're just trying to pretend this is reality, like just showing you how it could be in a real way, but we're not there yet still.
0: You know, I think that in, in many ways, like animation, when they choose a stylized approach, they um, like very highly sty- like stylistic kind of approach, not realistic approach. I think 3D works a lot better. Mm-hmm. That's why, for example, if you look at brass, right? Yes, it's very um, like, you can see that it's a 3D generated show and it was made in the early 2000s so they move funny and whatever but it's interesting that that movie that I told you about that Christmas Express or whatever the hell it's so (laughs) creepy even though there was so much more money and so much more like um, animation kind of work that went into it
1: because they're also mixing because
0: they were trying to make it realistic they were trying to make it realistic and they were not trying to make it look like it's a character they were trying to make it look like it's people mm-hmm. right if you yep. try to make a character it does not look as creepy as when you were trying to make a human and it's just not quite there it's strange that we kind of catch really small things about images that kind of push us over the edge into the valley you know mm-hmm. that's why when you would look at boss's work for example it looks like oh this is just like kind of medieval-esque Like aesthetic, then you look closer and you're like, oh, it's a lot more detailed than medieval aesthetics, you know, like than those paintings on the sides of those medieval texts or whatever, even though they they were inspired by that. Um, And then you look even closer and you see something that's so freaky, and you're like, (laughs) <laughs> what is going on, you know, and I think that with these yeah. artists, like when you look at their work, it's kind of like boss, except they actually experiment a lot more with the textures. And that's what makes those paintings
2: slightly uncomfortable to look mm-hmm. at. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. I never thought of the textures, but now that I look at it again, um, it's really prominent. It really shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the last, um, I sent a, a photo, the, the last one. Yeah yeah and that's the last one i'll talk about for remedios faro but a lot of people think that because she died at 54 of a heart attack oh and this was the last painting that she painted and it's one of the only paintings that doesn't have figures in it and when you look at it it's like a lot of people say that she predicted her own death Mm um But this is a really interesting one that people talk a lot about for that reason. And it's kind of the idea of this still life, but moving and shifting and then as, so basically it's a table and you can see a candle in the center. Um, There's a tablecloth that's twisting. So there's this, there's this swirling movement. And then above the table is, are these plates that are slowly, slowly rising. As if being within this current, and then even higher, there are fruits. So as if the fruits and everything are flying even higher and higher, and they're twisting in this like swirl, and then outside of the swirl, like this gravitational force or something, they start to explode and like expand. Yeah. And it, and again, it's it's the only paint. It's one of the only paintings without figures, which is not very typical um, for her. And it was done, you know, the same year that she died. So. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I like
1: the way, like the light reflects from the candles on the walls and stuff. Like, mm. I know, I right? Just love it so much.
0: The structure yeah. of the space is very mm. um, cubist, especially and, the bottom,
2: mm, the floor. And she has that structure in her spaces very often. Mm. Yeah, it seems like
1: yeah, she yeah.
0: was probably inspired by those paintings of like. There was this painting called um, "The Figure Descending." On the stairs mm. i think it was picasso or maybe it was breton or someone like someone mm-hmm. one of them painted something like that um which was like one of the earliest cubist works but it wasn't like it wasn't all the way cubist yet but it was like getting there you know yeah. and um yeah. i think that this kind of reminds me of the way that they constructed the space um with this kind of fragmented approach and um mm-hmm. I think it's also interesting because um, there's flies on the painting. But the Mm -hmm. flies are a lot bigger than they should be. And it seems like they're sitting on top of the painting. This looks Mm -hmm. like the image is happening. And the flies are completely different. Like They are kind of sitting on top of it, um, on top of another surface. It looks like they're just from a different dimension, basically. Like you're looking at an image of something happening but you're also very aware of it having a surface mm-hmm.
2: instead of That's it being you know, th- like an immersive kind of experience. Right? That's what I think is so interesting about the way that she paints her spaces is that you feel like it's the construction of a dimension. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you see the tiles, you see the walls, but everything feels contained in this mm-hmm. strange little dimension. Yeah.
0: It's also interesting that there's nine Fruits that are not um, bursting, mm. like nine planets on different. <laughs> oh, yeah. rings funny. Of, You know, on different like paths or whatever. Mm-hmm. I never of them. <laughs> no, it just it just looks like rings, you know, in our solar system, it does. and that's why, no like, changes. I wanted to count it, and it nine fruits, but the other ones are blowing up. I don't know which ones. Yeah, she's that's talking funny. about. But... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a really interesting image. I wish this image was, like, um, kind of as popular as that image of a guy
2: with an apple over I his know, head. right. the apple over their head, I don't get that one. Or even the one where they're reigning men, I don't get it. I don't know if you two know much about it, but I just... I mean, yeah. I, you know what, I have a very...
0: I mean, I always kind of turn every conversation about art into like shitty on artists. <laughs> I just have a hard time with us. Like, I know that I'm an artist. I know that I've done, like I went to school for it and everything, but just sometimes I fucking hate us so much. Like for example, with with Dali, he moved to towards photography later on, and um, his photography images are not as popular as his paintings but he did do a lot of photography and what he did was kind of like practical effects basically, right? Like he wanted to do the same imagery, so like really weird images, uh, things flying around, things that you don't really like expect to be flying around. Um, one of them was this photograph, I'm gonna show it to you. Let me let me look it up on Gali flying cats. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He basically, had kind of like a bit of a setup going on. For example, the chair was actually hung up, so you can't really see the way that it was like propped up or whatever, right? But he decided to throw the cats around for each one of the shots that he took. And he obviously had to take so many of them, right? So he literally, like, he... So objects can be hung up and, like, and they, they're just, like, sitting they're there, not, whatever. But cats were hurled across this fucking room. Like, they are not alive. The art for just hell. for the images.
2: Wow. Like, that's how that's crazy brutal. he is.
0: And like, Yeah,
2: that's crazy.
0: Like, uh-huh. and, and crazy, not in a good way. Not like, oh, my God, he's so crazy. crazy. No, 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 no.
1: That's, It's like, no.
0: girl, get your shit yeah. together kind of crazy, you know? And I yeah. think... I I don't know. Just like he just, a lot of them just piss me off. I'm always like, before I got into art and I just liked art from afar. I was always like, Dalí has such interesting works because I just love non-representational art. You know, like I've always gravitated towards really like weird shit. So I was like, oh, he's Mm -hmm. my he's my boy. You know, and then I got into it and I started actually studying them. And I started seeing their, like, photography, for example. A lot of, like... A lot of, a lot of their photography is also very violent towards women. It's always, like, disembodied bodies and freaky shit like oh, that. even in this,
2: in this photo of the cats, you can see, like, the figure of the woman and all that's showing are her breasts and her head's cut mm-hmm. off Yeah, by the water. But, like, you know, there you go. Even just... Even that small element that was purposeful. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, it's always... Um... I don't know and I just feel so bad for these cats you can see that they're like they're scared they're wet
1: they're Aww. just
0: it, it's like yeah. how
1: many times did they do that to them too I like, don't know what how many hell? but
0: I know that it was like quite a bit quite a few times because it is um, it was a long time ago and at that point and like how do you, you, get, you get the
1: picture to be so like so awkward. crisp yeah
0: you have to have tons of lights in the room yeah. and everything and um, he would have to take a picture a million times to make sure that when he develops the picture, at least one of them worked. Right. No, it's so worth it. Yeah. It, it is absolutely, yeah, it's not worth it. And it's not like this image is so yeah. revolutionary now that we have no. Photoshop, we like look back at it and we're like, what the fuck was that for? Right. Yeah. Um, and even then you could still do, um, like compository kind of work. By using, yeah. um, you know, like in the dark room, like for example, I've done that before. In the dark room, I developed pictures by covering up some parts of the image, yep. just like calculating yep. the spots where I had to cover up, like mm-hmm. put like tape over it or something. And then when I would develop the images, this part, I could, I could kind of uh, expose it to a different um, s- slide or a different part of the, um, what is it called? Uh,
1: or oh, like the, the- film.
0: So you use a different part of the film, a different shot, right? Mm -hmm. And then you expose it and you can have basically kind of like old school Photoshop Mm -hmm. situation going on. He didn't have to do this. He could have just been a little bit more creative with it and used images of cats to expose them on this other
2: piece of paper or whatever. There was no need for this. Yeah. Even back then. So that act (laughs) cats around like Yeah. That's weird. And then
0: he's like his partner. They also had such a freaky relationship. They were so fucking weird. Of course. And he was like a masochist to the max. Like he was obsessed with masochism (laughs) and like he thought that everyone else was also like secretly a masochist. And that was, and that's the pitfall of all surrealists to me at least is the fact that Mm -hmm. they are so obsessed with the idea that everyone has the same psyche. That Mm -hmm. deep, deep down, we all have the same. Desires, which is really really strange to me because like I understand having this idea of like different levels of Psyche, you know, like some some things are more subconscious than than conscious but believing that everyone has the same subconscious like Desires is really really weird Mm -hmm. to project it on top of everybody like being like, you know what? I kind of want to like cat a man or something like that, you know And then just being like just believing that since everyone must to everyone else does too like it's a little bit insane to do that. Mm.
1: Yep.
0: Like we we call a lot of people crazy because they have crazy urges, for example, right? But because they were artists and they were so saying, doesn't
1: count. Yeah. And then
0: it was like you know it's just deep yeah. deep down or whatever. Everyone's fine with it. That's or what I display. I kind of yeah. I don't know man. I always feel so annoyed by like every time every time I get like in deep into like some kind of Mm -hmm. movement and so we discover
1: things you don't yeah yeah like
0: who knew he was flinging cats around like who knew that i
1: know you know
0: yeah
1: there's never not something we discover that's like not crazy yeah
0: and like i understand that art is crazy sometimes that's like Mm -hmm. part of its appeal to be honest like some of it is just like the fact that artists do get crazy ideas yeah but there are limits, girl. Like you gotta understand when that when you inflicts something on somebody masoch- else.
2: That's the thing. But there is often that masochistic side. Mm-hmm.
0: And sadistic artists. side, and
2: right? Because
0: but then, then don't inflict it on others. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I like if you're a masochist and you want to be like to take it to extremes or whatever the fuck, like I don't care. Honestly, it's your life. Do whatever you want. But like just the idea of being like, you know what? Um, I personally would love to be to, I would love my balls to be you know <laughs> hammered <laughs> to the red square that's like that's what we talked about last time is yeah. that there's a guy who like hammered his balls to the to the red square with a like an nail. activist <laughs>
1: yeah
0: an activist or like he I don't he, I think he's like an artist I don't know if he's even an activist but in any case I don't care hammer mm-hmm. your balls or you want hammer away you, do you know you on you
1: yeah yeah
0: it's on you but when you, yeah. when you start saying everyone wants their balls to be hammered to the red square and you walk around with a hammer mm-hmm. hammering everyone's balls <laughs> to the red square, that's when we have a
1: problem. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Artist is a pretty generous term for that. <laughs> yeah. For whoever
0: that is. Honestly, um... you're right. We should stop calling them artists and start calling them like, I don't know, something else. Freaks.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Freaks could also be used in a in a in a nice way. I feel yeah, like yeah. I freaks just don't. Guys. I can't think of a word. I hard. like the word
2: freaks. Yeah. No, I don't know either.
0: I don't know. Oh, we could <laughs> call them like little Freud's or something like that. Like find something that they hated, right? Because <laughs> Freud hurt their ego so hard. We can call them like little yeah. Freud's. <laughs> now yeah, it's just showing it. Oh my goodness! <gasps> Yay, Gopa! Yeah. She's like, why is everyone screaming my name? She can't hear. Anything. <laughs> oh, she can't. Well, she can't hear me. Both of us. There you
1: go. Mm-hmm.
0: She's so adorable. Like every time I edit um, the podcast after, um, if she was sitting on yeah. one of our laps, you can hear her like coming up to the mic and mm-hmm. being like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: cute. Mm-hmm.
0: Sick and twisted. Yeah. Anyway, what else did you guys like? Did did you talk about any everything that you wanted to bring up or not? Um, for
2: now, yeah. Yeah,
1: We can definitely do another episode because there's so much do to say. There's someone so like many... Specific Artists too sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah totally. Because yeah, yeah. one of these artists,
0: I don't remember which one, but one of the ones that you mentioned, I remember that Madonna used imagery in one of her music videos from them. No way.
2: Yeah, I don't remember which one though. I want to know. It's definitely mm-hmm. one
0: of the two that you named.
2: It's Madonna's bedtime story. Yes. Ooh, and yeah, it's so Leona, so... Leona, Leona Carrington. Okay, yeah. And she uses just like this, yeah, these like kind of like this long dress and like big hair, kind of again the witchy mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like that's
0: what I love the most for this podcast is talking about like pop culture mixed in yeah. with the with the art. Just because I personally find that there's like whenever people talk about art, they either talk about things like Banksy, you know, just the surface level, like just scratching Mm -hmm. it a little bit. Or they talk about art in such a heady way to the point where it's like, if you don't have fucking five years of pre-existing knowledge about this specific art movement, you are sitting there like trying to understand. And most things you don't really get much from it. Or you get like a lecture on their life and that's it. You you can't
1: really focus. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love when it's like mixed. Yeah. When you find some kind of connection wow. to pop oh,
1: culture in the past. Okay. What? She send a link.
2: Oh, so you can really see how I th- like as soon as 2010, mm. I feel like that was really the resurgence of female mm. surrealist artists. That's like... well, and so here this article shows some different examples. Tilda Swinton does a like pho- photo photograph shoot of taking different characters different characters from leonora carrington and mm-hmm. uh, see that's the shit that they should the be fashion. inspired by for um yeah. fantasy
0: movies honestly because this is perfect for that oh, type of shit oh, right so... i actually talked about it yeah, in my last video with... well, because winx is gonna have like a big big live action adaptation as a film and winx has like a million Different dimensions or not dimensions, but realms where people live. So like very like cosmic kind of situation, Mm -hmm. you know Like a space opera you can pull so much shit out and like create this new images um I don't know it would be really cool. I feel like that's why I like um When that happens in like star wars or something like that because it's like you have this massive budget but all you're spending it on is just action and like the imagery around you is very stale you basically remake blade runner over and over and over again like there's
2: needs to be a fucking limit and the costumes and fashion are pretty typical exactly very standard
0: standard. you know like that's why whereas modeling
2: after these women in the surrealist movement would be so interesting because what they're really doing is exploring exploring female roles Mm -hmm. beyond just the sexual, mm-hmm. you know, either the pure or the sexual, and it's right? actually
0: like, more disturbing. Yeah. In in terms of because it's actual like anguish rather than just pent up violence yeah. against women.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of body horror and stuff like that are in in yeah. female works is what I like because they're exploring the fact that body horror is just like things that happen to us rather than things that you inflict on yeah. others. Mm-hmm
2: talk like yeah like look at Frida Kahlo's work for example and she has a lot of she has a lot of that like the like you look at some of her paintings and it makes you uncomfortable because it's the it's like the open Mm -hmm. you know you see her body it's very physical Mm -hmm. but she had her whole she also had like I don't remember what it was but she was in an accident so she was in a cast Mm -hmm. a lot of so I'm sure that was a big
0: Part of her exploration
2: too mm-hmm. yeah so
1: yeah let's well, do another episode we that should do fun.
0: another episode yeah <laughs> and talk more about this type of stuff anyway thank you so much for chatting with us and being yeah. so much like that was really interesting to talk about those two artists yeah um that's gonna be my I new obsession for the
2: week
1: i know you're <laughs> looking at it
2: Honestly, oh my god you can listen to so much i'll send you two a podcast episode of an expert on Remedios Varo, okay. uh-huh. but like so the two artists I mentioned, they had a third friend, Caddy, and I think she was more photography, Caddy mm-hmm. Horna or something like that. And so it was like these three women just like doing crazy, doing these like crazy artistic things together, and they loved cats and they loved like and they were witches, <laughs> and they were witches.
1: Like it's so sweet. <laughs> we should become like, witches.
0: Yeah. We should become witches. Let's do a coven. <laughs>
1: Honestly, <laughs> well, it will be describing. a trilingual
0: convent because yeah. you guys can speak in French. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll teach you yeah. some Russian.
2: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Me and Hope are gonna talk in Russian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That was great. Awesome.
2: Oh, thank you too. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> bye. 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 See you next time. for you. <laughs>